Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mothers of Multifamily. It is Monday. It is my favorite day, and I am so blessed because of my newest guest, Annette Tali. She is phenomenal. Everybody say hi to Annette. Hi, Annette. <laughs> Thank so, you so much. Uh, so happy to have you on. So Annette, oh my goodness, she is the principal and managing partner of... Tali Investments. Fantastic. And she is responsible for sourcing deals, ensuring asset performance, and overseeing its management. Annette is an experienced real estate investor with property management experience and commercial architect currently residing in South Florida. She is a native of Lima, Peru. Annette moved to Florida to fulfill her life dream of studying abroad. She transferred receiving her Bachelor of Architecture from Florida Atlantic University. In her 18 years in architecture, Annette has acquired a broad range of experience in architectural design, effective project management, and on a wide variety of project types. She is known for being highly organized and an excellent coordinator of construction documents. Her confidence her confident leadership and innovative building and planning solutions make her very effective at identifying unique value-add opportunities in real estate investing. She has quickly grown her personal portfolio to 12 units in the South Florida area. Annette balances a young growing family with her robust career, property management, and growing investment portfolio. Welcome, Annette. Yay! Oh, thank you so much for the introduction. <laughs> I am so happy to have you on. So my question, how do you do it? How do you balance being in large multifamily and being a mommy and being an architect and doing everything that you do? How do you do it? Well, I think it's, um, it's a process, you know, and um, you start doing what you think you are doing. And then it's a process of learning. Like, you know, this doesn't work. Then you, you move on to the next thing. So I don't think I am by any means like balanced a hundred percent, but it's a little bit of a process and you start learning and you see what your family needs. Um, for me, being balanced as a mom, it means being able to, to spend time with my kids, quality time with them when it, when it matters, you know, I don't have to be, uh, you know, every single birthday party that I'm invited, I don't have to go to every single, you know, activity they have, but I want to be to any activity that is important to them. You know, like I don't have to maybe take them to every gymnastic class that they have, but I have, I want to be there at her Christmas recital. I want to be there, you know, at the school activities where other parents are there. I don't want her to feel that, oh, my friends have their parents here and my mom is not here. You know, that's something that got ingrained on me because my mom, she was a single mom and uh, she has no support from my dad, unfortunately. So she had to do everything. And, and because of that, she had to work a lot. And, um, you know, and then she, I remember clearly, she would never come to any school activities. And I remember feeling that like, oh my gosh, everybody else's parents are here and my mom is not here. And so that kind of, you know, ingraining my brain. And that's one of the things that I want to achieve. And not that I do it all the time because, you know, having still a, a W2 job and, and doing all the things that I do, I, I cannot be everywhere, but I really try very hard to be and make time for my family and be there on the, at the important events that we have. 
So let's try and dig a little deeper into what you just said, because I can totally, oh my goodness, our paths are very, are very similar. So my mom was a single mom. She, uh, thank goodness we had our family, but she also moved at one point when I was a toddler, she moved to California. She moved to Maui. She moved to just like, she went to where the jobs were. So she had me and there were times when I'm sure that she couldn't be there for me because she had to go and work and I had to be left with like family members. And I thank goodness for my family. And I thank goodness for my mom as well, because she was a very, very strong woman. So how do you feel that your past and your mom being a single mom has really affected your family today and your business today? It totally has. And, you know, I was, I was, just um, we were doing like a mastermind with uh, a friend of mine, Jamie, and he kind of posted that question of why, like wh- what's your why and why are you doing, you know, real estate multifamily? And, you know, I was like, that was an easy answer, my kids. And, but why, you know, it's like, well, you know, because I want them to have the childhood that, you know, perfect childhood. Right. You know, I, and it's like, why it was, you know, and it went back to, you know, I, I want, I remember clearly my mom not being there at some events that I wish she was there and, but why? So you keep going back to your why and definitely, you know, my childhood, you know, has shaped me, but also, you know, at the same time I was, you know, maybe sad about that, but I saw my mom also take care of us. I saw my mom being the sole provider and, you know, taking care of everything. And now I think like, how did she do it? You know, like I have two kids too, and it's, oh my God, it's such a big job, you know? And um, so I also had the example of her, of being a strong woman and taking care of us. And so when my parents divorced, we moved in with my grandma. So I had also that uh, example of my grandma, which was also a single mom. And so she took care of five kids all by herself, you know? So, you know, I had those also amazing examples of working women. My grandma was a businesswoman. My mom, not so much. So I, I think I take after her, like she had a, a real estate empire and I never put two and two together that why I got into real estate, but I, it was kind of in my blood, you know, mm-hmm. she, they owned commercial property. She had a cinema or two actually at some point or three at some wow. point. So she ran businesses and she was important. Like she, you know, what she wanted, that's what it was going on. Uh, so, you know, I had that strong personality uh, from them and watching them uh, not depend on a husband, you know, being independent, like, you know, not necessarily by choice, yes. you know, but, you know, just being in that role. So that's why like for me and you, we, we're lucky in the fact that we have that choice. We can choose to do what we're doing because we don't, we're not single parents. We're not, we're not trying to do this all by ourselves. So that's, let's key into that. How do you depend on your partner? Because we form these partnerships for a reason. And that's because we find those in our life to do those things that we can't. Either it's, either it's our husbands or our partners or, or what have you. We find these people to leverage and to be in our life. And leverage makes it sound so impersonal, but that's true. It's like you leverage them in a very special way because these people become special to you. So how have you leveraged the partners in your life? Um, so 
when we decided to do real estate, um, it was, you know, we're both architects. We met in architecture school. And so we share a lot of uh, common things, you know, except personality, you know, I'm the outgoing and he's the introvert. So we have a good balance. And But one of the things that also, you know, I learned in my childhood is I didn't want my kids to only have a parent. You know, I wanted my kids and my mom was lucky that when I was 15, she remarried a wonderful person that took us in as their kids. You know, he was more excited of me to go into college. Uh, he bought me all the stuff that I needed for college. So even at least at, when I turned 15, I had some father figure of what it was supposed to be, you know? So um, that's one of the things that I'm going to cry in right now. <laughs> Um, that I want my kids to have is that father figure that is going to be there and is going to be part of their life. So even though I'm a very independent person, I am very uh, lucky to have my husband. He's a wonderful man. And also I want to make sure that I take care of that. You know, I don't want our marriage to, to, to be affected by this. And, and sometimes it does because, you know, you're make, making decisions, you're taking time away from your family. So I think... Uh, this year, you know, I really want to make sure that I put the, the time into the family that needs to be. I have all these goals and I have all the things that I want to do, but, you know, he has to be on it. You know, he has to be there with me. Uh, and to answer your question, because I'm going somewhere else. I love tangents. <laughs> I'm the queen of tangents. You keep on going. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the question is how, you know, how do you get your partner that we got into real estate together. So we, we were really affected by the recession uh, because we're both architects and the work dried out. We had no work. So my husband's company closed. So he had to start doing freelancing and he, he did okay with the freelancing eventually. Um, and my, my company also reduced hours. So, you know, we decided we couldn't be depending on, on one thing, which was architecture. We were both on the same field. So we started looking for alternatives. What can we do that, uh, you know, that can bring other income, you know, other streams of income? And we talked about every kind of thing. We talked about restaurants. We talked about stores, you know, products. And I don't know, all kinds of things. But we always came back to real estate, you know. And, and it's probably because his parents own property. My family also uh, in Peru, owned property. So it was kind of like something familiar to us, even though, you know, you know, I was already, well, this, this is like five years ago. So I was already like in my thirties. Um, and I just thought of it, you know, but we got into it together. It was a mutual decision. And, and so we started this journey of, um, you know, real estate and it, it, you know, we were thinking we wanted to do it. And then an opportunity came up um, of somebody wanting me to to um, manage a property for them. And I was eight months pregnant. And as crazy as I am, I, I accepted. Of course, of course you did. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I accepted it was because, you know, now that I was pregnant, I, did, I didn't want to go back to work, you know, eight weeks after giving birth. You know, because that's what I get. Six weeks of maternity leave, and then you can take up to three months unpaid. And so I'm like, you know, I have to replace my income. Like, how am I going to stay home without any income? And um, so 
you know, that's how we decided, okay, we got to do it. Like we got to really do it. So I took that job uh, as a property manager uh, and I learned there everything that I needed to know. The, the investor, which is one of my mentors, he is amazing. And he taught me everything that I know uh, about management. And, you know, that was a, a, a wonderful experience because it led me to be more comfortable when I bought my properties and I was able to manage them. I manage all my properties. so. Uh, so I don't know if I, that, that answered the, the question. That answers the question. <laughs> no, that answers the question perfectly. So I want to dig even deeper with what you just, what everything you just said, you mentioned a few moments ago about how you don't want to lose the connection that you and your husband have through how busy you get every day through your business because you're building something. It's like your business is like having another child. I mean, if you really think about it. Uh, in, mo- in, in mothering terms, it's basically having another child, but you don't want, unlike your children, you don't want this business to take up so much of your time that you're, you're not spending enough time with your children. You're not spending enough time, quality time. And I'm not talking about like you, you go into the office or you go into wherever you do your work and, you, and you're like, both your, you and your husband are in the same room, but you don't talk. Correct. Because that's happened to me and Jason before. It does. Like, we'll go into this, like, into our office. We'll sit down on our computers. And the only communication that both of us will have is, do you want coffee? And emails that we send back and forth telling each other that we completed something. That's, that we've done that a few days. And I was just like, okay, that needs to stop. So how do you keep that connection alive without disturbing your business and your personal life? How do you balance that? Yeah, well, so that's something that we are working on, you know, but, but we, we established that we need to ha- have date nights. You know, the other day we went out for dinner and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. You know, we, we haven't been on a dinner date in a while because, you know, we end up going, we don't have any family around. Like my brother lives like an hour away. My next person is my, my aunt. She lives one hour away too. So it's not something that we can be like, oh, can you just, you know, come over and watch the kids for a little bit? Like we really have to plan it. We have to get a nanny. So for us to be able to go out. So, you know, but, but, but we decided we have to make it happen. Basically, we got to put it in the calendar. And that's one of the things that I have on my list to do. Like I really need to sit down and plan it and we have to set the dates. Mm -hmm. So basically you make it an appointment. You make it a business appointment, date night, this day at this time, and it's non-negotiable. Perfect. That's the main thing. Like you have to make it non-negotiable the same way that you don't change an appointment. Like one day I had this, I had four interviews for my podcast and my son got sick. And I told my husband, like, I cannot change it. Like I can't, have four people that already reserve their time to talk to me in their busy schedule and, you know, just cancel. Unless obviously my child is doing like, it was just a cold, but he, you know, he couldn't go to school. And so, you know, you have to make it, uh, you make know, it work. those times yeah. that you have, like, so one of the, the tips I would say is like schedule everything. Unfortunately, schedule. Not it. unfortunately though. See, that's the mindset. We are thinking that, oh, since it's personal, it has to be like some sort of like, I don't know what the word is, like 
spontaneous spontaneous no (laughs) no you cannot do i mean it's great having spontaneity and by all means bring that spontaneity into that date but with busy lives that you and i have and all the other mommies out there whether or not you're doing real estate i don't care what you're doing you might be stay at home you might be whatever you're doing get out your planner get out your calendar google calendar iCal, whatever it is, the first things you do is you plan out your vacations. Yes. Then you plan out your children's events and you plan out date nights and all those personal days that you want to take for yourself and for you and your husband or your significant other. And then you start planning in your business time. And by all means, plan in your one thing time. If you're, you know what I'm talking about, it's The One Thing by Gary Keller. I love and live by that book. And yeah, time block and The One Thing. But time block your personal time in first because that is key. Because I mean, we, we put so much emphasis on our business calendars. The same emphasis needs to be put on our personal calendars, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, we recently, you know, both of us said, okay, we're going to get massages. So, okay, let's take turns. And something that I heard, like, if you want your, your, I just recently heard that I need to put it into action right away, is that if you want your, your husband or your partner to be with you, you got to put them first. So when you schedule, when you're doing this schedule, you ask them first, okay, what do you have going on? And then you schedule that because you want to be supportive, supportive to them, so they will be supportive, supportive to you. But yeah. you got to start. You want to be the first one doing that. And I am, you, I haven't been very good at that. You know, like I've been working so hard on my business, but that's something that I will make a priority: is that to to make sure that his commitments are also as important as mine. And so we, and you have to take turns when you have like two commitments and your child uh, is sick. Then you got to take turns because. I think uh, for women, we are expected to be the one that takes care of the child if they are sick, yes. uh, you know? And I, you know, I'm a big proponent of 50-50. Yeah, you yes. can always tell my husband, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, but 50-50. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's, that's a great mindset to have. And ladies out there, if you have that mindset that you have to be the caregiver all the time and you don't want to be, it's okay. It's okay to not want to be the caregiver 100% of the time. If you have a significant other or if you have family around you, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to make a 50-50 rule. But the thing is, you have to communicate that with your significant other. If he or she does not know that, then how are you, how are you going to even expect to get there? So have that communication. It sounds like you and your husband have great communication. Am I right? Mm, We'll try. (laughs) We'll try. Uh, But definitely communication, you know, is key. Definitely. Um, You know, I I do have everything on the calendar. So sometimes when he's like, oh, I didn't know about that. Like, it's on the calendar. You know, like, you know, like Uh a month ago. Uh, But he's awesome. He's really good. And, you know, he takes care of of stuff in the house so we kind of have like our roles defined on you know and Ooh, it, say that again it's a process roles defined yes so you know i he i take care of stuff inside the house uh-huh. he takes care of stuff outside the house the pool the yard you know all that stuff you know fixing stuff and i mostly take care of the food and and um 
we do have somebody helping us clean. Oh yeah, no, get I help. <laughs> yes, that would be the like one tip. Help. Outsource. Yes. Get help. It's okay. You don't have to be the perfect mom that cooks. If you don't like cooking, get somebody to do the cooking for you. You don't have to be the one doing the laundry. You can get somebody else to do the laundry for you. Okay, and then so you I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right now, and I'm gonna say the. <sighs> The argument that I've had so many women come up to me with, well, that, I mean, I feel like that's a waste of, of money. I mean, when I can just do it myself. Okay. So ladies, if you're giving me that argument and giving it that argument right now, I want you to think about this. How much are you worth? Think about that for just a second. How much are you worth? Is it worth it to you to get somebody for $20 an hour? Even less than that, depending on where you live. Yeah, you can get somebody for 15. <laughs> to clean your toilets, to to do like a weekly just go through of your house and make it nice and deep clean it like once a week. I know. And I can hear that collective breath yeah. of And I, I'm going to tell you that, that, you know, money for us hasn't been ever a problem. Thank God. But we got a lot of problems for cleaning the house because we were exhausted all week working and then Saturday comes, the house is a mess and like, I want to clean, right? But I'm not cleaning by myself. Uh-huh. You know, we made a mess together. <laughs> so you <laughs> so clean I would be like, I would be, uh, Ryan, uh, let's clean. And he's like, oh no, I'm tired. I'm allergic to dust. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. And so we very early in our relationship decided that we would get a cleaning lady. And that was, that was it because we didn't want to, I don't mind doing it, but I'm not doing it by myself. No, I I felt like the the first time I had, this was a couple of years ago when I first started using, uh, getting help that way, getting somebody to help me clean the house. uh, I felt like guilty. I was like, and even when I like told my, my family, my parents, my mom was like, you're doing what? why are you doing that? Don't you have time enough to clean the house? I'm like, no, I actually don't. Yeah. I don't and I think time. a lot of times, you know, women, we, you know, people start questioning stuff like that and we feel guilty. And I don't think we should no. feel guilty about stuff like that. One time my mom was telling me like, I think you're working too much and I think you need to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, you were never there. Have you ever saw, did you ever see me not attending my kids activities? Like I, you know, I go to most of it, you know, so I don't think, you know, like, but you have to like, not feel guilty about it. I mean, let's let's touch on that. Let's really dig deep on like the mom guilt because it's there, it's prevalent. And we're ladies, we are all trying our best, but to smash in and put in that mom guilt, we all have to stop it. I know I'm going to let go of that. Let go of it. Like, I know it's going to happen. Most of us suffer from it. And, but when, when it happens, just like roll your shoulders back, go get a massage and just let it go because there's going to be times when, and this is how this happens. Like I will put time to the side so I can just go downstairs in the playroom and play with my kids because that's all they want me to do. They want me to go downstairs and build train tracks with them and play with dolls and just 
be there for them and play with them. But there are times when I'm like, okay, I need to do X, Y, Z while I'm down there. I have no other time to do it. I'll take my computer down. And ladies, if you have to take your computer with you to sports events, to, to gymnastics practice, to the playroom, and you have to tell your children, I'm sorry, mommy can sit here and we can like hang out, but mommy has to just work on something for 15 minutes, or I have to just like write this one thing for half an hour, and then I am there. The thing is, you're present. You're still present and you're doing your best. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. That. You know, you don't have to be, um, you know, that's hard to, to, you know, that's hard to, to understand, but we need to be okay with just letting go of a few things, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time with our kids, you know, it doesn't have to be like a 24 seven, but I do think that it needs to be important events. Like I want to be there for the important events. I want to be there. You know, I want to be able to modify my schedule and, and be there, but it doesn't have to be constant and they can be with daddy. Also, like today, you know, in order to have a quiet interview, I send them out and, you know, go to Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast and they were super excited. Same here. I was like, you know what? Daddy's going to take you to the birthday party. I will join you in a little like I'll be about 15 minutes late. You'll be fine. And they're like, okay, mommy. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, you know, I don't have to go to every single birthday party. No. Why can't my husband take them to one? And then I take them to the next one, you know, take turns every once in a while we go together, you know, so you have to kind of prioritize. And, and for example, with the cleaning, I think that's a struggle, especially when you're starting a business because you are not making money and you don't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but in order for you to get where you want to be, you need to have the time you need to, you know, and you don't want to let go of your family time. So why not let go of the cleaning and the laundry and all those things? Like just to like touch on that again. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, you could be listening to, um, what's more important to you and or what's a better use of your time underwriting a deal or cleaning a toilet? or cleaning a bathroom, for, for instance. They both take about the same time, but which one is going to make you money? Exactly. One, well, which one take... are you going to enjoy? Exactly. What, which one are you going to enjoy? Which one can you actually outsource? Yeah, you can outsource underwriting, but if you're just starting, I wouldn't. That's right. something you should do if you're just starting. So yeah, That's so true. You know, you have to... Average people. <laughs> you have to feel okay. Uh, getting help. And and that was hard for me. I have to tell you, I've been doing my books for mm-hmm. ever. You know, that's what one of the things that I do, my husband doesn't do, he doesn't like. So, but when we grew up, our business and our properties having 12 doors, it's just not that easy. There's so much work to the point that I, my taxes were late because I, you know, I had to f- fill out an extension because I didn't do the books. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to get somebody to just a bookkeeper to help me. And, you know, first I hired her just to do, you know, the property management part of it, but I was still going to do my stuff because why spend the money on it? Right. And then, you know, like a month ago, I called my friend that is helping me and I'm like, just do everything because I'm never going to get to it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I will be giving up family time to do it, you know? So I decided, um, I'm just going to hire it and it's going to cost me, but then you can focus on producing more instead of doing that. So let's talk about producing more. What are some of your 
goals for 2020. And also, I want you to tell my listeners about your upcoming podcast. Oh, thank you. So like you mentioned, one of my goals this year, I'm releasing my podcast and I'm very excited about that. Uh, And I was talking to a guest uh, just before this call and, uh, you know, a year ago I had a conversation with him about podcasts and stuff. And I was like, no, that's not something I want to do. I don't like being in front of the camera. I hate my accent. I sound horrible. I don't really want to do this. And one year later, I'm recording for my podcast. Yes. (laughs) So, um, so that's one of the things that I'm doing. I am uh, actively looking to partner with others to get to tackle larger multifamily deals. Uh, as of now, every deal that I've done has been just myself and my husband, and locally here in South Florida. Uh, so we are now looking into other markets because the market here in South Florida is just crazy expensive, and we are still looking for opportunities here for large. Uh, you know, multifamilies and we've talked about, you know, partnering and that's one of my goals this year, either finding a deal and being boots on the ground here in South Florida or partnering with somebody in another state where, you know, we can also get into a larger multifamily deal. Fantastic. All great goals. So before I let you go, I want you to give, if you could give the ladies and gentlemen out there any sort of advice, either a quote or something that you wish you had known when you were just starting, what would it be? You know, I love the quote by Walt Disney, if you can dream it, you can do it. And to me, it's so true because if you can think of something that you want to do and you put the work into it, you can do it. I mean, it's not just going to happen out of the thin air, right? But if you put work into it and you put the effort and you dream about it, it's going to happen. You just need to work on it. So Thank that would be my tip. <laughs> Thank you so much, Annette. And again, ladies and gentlemen, listen out for Annette's podcast. And if anybody out there is looking to get a hold of you, how can they, how can they do that? Well, I am really active on Facebook and I, uh, I have my page, which is theleeinvestments.com. Um, and also oh, that's my website. And then the, on Facebook, you can look the, uh, the page Tali Investments and it's spelled T-A-L-I-E Investments. And you can also uh, look me up as Annette Tali on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn also as Annette Tali. And uh, I also invite you to join my group. It's a multifamily and more, South Florida multifamily and more. And we have about 1,600 members and it's a very engaged group. And we talk real estate. You can ask questions, get answers. I post content all the time. And I host also a meetup here in South Florida, South Florida multifamily and more meetup. And we meet here in South Florida the third Tuesday of the month. So we just had our meetup on the 21st. And we had about 40 people. It was really, really good. So if you're in South Florida, looking that up, look up her meetup because that sounds like the best time and you're going to get so much value from that. So thank you so much, Annette, for coming on. And everybody out there that's listening, thank you for listening. I'm so grateful. You'll have a great day and get at it. Bye now.